Previously on The Investigation Continues. Sheila and Kate walked out the front door together. Then they told us that John's daughters had been kidnapped. You're looking in dumpsters, you're looking at trash cans. It sucked the air out of the entire metro area. In March 1975, 12-year-old Sheila Lyon and her 10-year-old sister Catherine vanished after spending a few hours at the Wheaton Plaza Mall in Montgomery County, Maryland. The disappearance of the daughters of a popular local radio personality shocked the area and instilled fear in parents and their children. Now, more than 40 years later, a man will soon go on trial for their murders, even though their bodies have never been recovered. What happened to Sheila and Catherine Lyon? I'm Neil Loggenstein. This is The Investigation Continues, an investigative podcast from WTOP. The disappearance and search for two young sisters stretched more than four decades. It included dramatic developments and missed opportunities and led to an indictment for their murders. What did happen to the Lion sisters? There are several crimes that have happened in our city over the years that have been so impactful they have changed the way we live and the disappearance of the lion sisters is one of those crimes pat collins was the reporter in the washington area in 1975 when 12 year old sheila and 10 year old Catherine lyon disappeared from the Wheaton Plaza Mall. The way we lived back in 1975, particularly in suburbia, is that we had these shopping malls. It was a place where teenagers would hang out. It gave teenagers and young people the place they could socialize. Hey, Mom, I'm going to the mall. That's okay, Pat. Just make sure you're home for dinner. The mall was a magnet for young people. It's where you could see the new fashion. Remember records? They actually had records and music stores back then. And you could find out, you know, who was in the top ten. You could, you know, hang out with people, not only from your school, but from other schools. It was a great little melting pot of society for young people. And since there were a lot of kids there, it seemed an okay thing to do. And that's the way a lot of families and a lot of kids lived their lives in the 70s. And and parents thought it was safe until that day. These were two girls together, two sisters, who had just disappeared. To hear of girls a little bit older than me getting kidnapped, I remember our parents talking to us about it, about not getting into cars with people. I just remember it having a huge effect on me was sort of that boogeyman story that we had in that area. A story that's weighed heavily on people for more than 40 years. Catherine and Sheila Lyon had walked to the Wheaton Plaza Mall one afternoon during their Easter vacation in 1975. They never returned home. Montgomery County police were certain the Lyon sisters hadn't run away. They interviewed family, friends, and people who saw the girls in the mall that afternoon of March 25th. Darlene is a girl who knew the Lyon sisters, was at Wheaton Plaza the day they disappeared. Reporter Anna March interviewed the girl who she called Darlene. 
Darlene had seen a young man, maybe in his 20s, who'd been leering at the sisters in the mall. Yeah, she had seen him talking to the girls. I believe the way she phrased it to me was that it just she had a bad feeling about it. It was creepy. Uh, he was too close to them. She didn't say anything to the girls, but she said to him, take a picture, it lasts longer, because he was staring at them. And she said, you know, I knew he, there was something wrong with him, and I knew he was a creep. On March 27th, two days after the Lyon sisters disappeared, Montgomery County Police asked for Darlene's help in putting together a composite sketch. They sent a police car for her to bring her in to make the sketch. She lived with her mom, and her mom was at work, and they sent a police car, brought her in. She gave the information. The detective drew the sketch, and that was it. She said it was a pretty easy process for her to give the information. The sketch showed a white man about 5'11", 140 pounds, late teens or early 20s. The man had long hair, acne, and scars on his left cheek. But Darlene wasn't the only person who'd seen Kate and Sheila at the mall before they vanished. Well, there was a 13-year-old teenager who lived near the Lions, and he was at the mall at the same time Kate and Sheila were there, and he provided Montgomery County Police with a description of a man he saw, 50 to 60 years of age. He saw this man talking to Sheila and Kate. Washington Star reporter Marianne Kuhn talked with that witness. Well, we named him Jimmy. It's not his real name, but uh, police wanted to keep his identity a secret, and his parents were fearful of retaliation, and they asked that his real name not be used. He said he, it was about 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he was out with a friend, and they were near the People's Drugstore in the Orange Bowl pizza carryout, and the two girls were talking to a man with a tape recorder. And he said he heard the man ask a question. Are any of you two involved in sports? Jimmy told her the man was sitting on a ledge in the outdoor portion of Wheaton Plaza talking to the girls. He said that he thought the uh, man was some kind of a reporter. And he was joking with his friends that maybe they ought to go over there and ask him to interview them. But the conversation didn't last long. He said the uh, girls went in one direction and the man with the tape recorder walked in another direction towards uh, Montgomery Ward's. And the girls were walking the other way toward the fountain. Jimmy provided a description to the same detective that created the composite based on Darlene's recollections. Soon after, Montgomery County Police made the sketch of Jimmy's suspect public. Police put out a composite sketch of a man in his 50s. Reporter Gary Reels. A man in his 50s, a well-dressed man, a neat-looking man, gray-haired, who apparently... Over a period of time in those days around March and April of 75, was seen not just at Wheaton Plaza, but over at Iverson Mall in Prince George's County, trying to uh, coax girls into talking with him into a, a microphone and apparent cassette recorder that he may have had. As soon as that sketch was released, police were flooded with calls from people who were sure they'd seen that man in his 50s trying to get girls to speak into his tape recorder. And very quickly, the composite sketch of Tape Recorder Man became iconic with the investigation. A nice-looking, well-dressed, gray-haired gentleman appearing type of fellow. But the sketch of the man who Darlene had seen was never made public. It turns out the detective who drew it 
told his supervisors he didn't think it was a very good likeness and suggested not making it public because it would generate false leads. She trusted the police. You know, she said she didn't doubt the police along the way. She said, well, they must have their reason. They must know something. They must have some reason to know it was this other guy, the tape recorder man. Right after the sketch of tape recorder man was made public, a local man told a security guard at Wheaton Plaza he'd been there at the plaza the day the Lion sisters disappeared. The witness said he saw the girls getting into a car with a man who looked like the composite sketch, and they all drove away. The witness was given a lie detector test, but failed it. Police figured he was just trying to get the $9,000 reward that was out there for help in solving the case. And others were out to profit from the tragedy. People called the Lyon homes saying they'd seen the girls. One male caller demanded John Lyon leave a briefcase with $10,000 cash inside the bathroom of an Annapolis, Maryland courthouse. Lyon left the money, but nobody ever picked it up. The man reportedly called the next day and said police had surrounded the courthouse so he couldn't get the money. He said he'd be back in touch but never contacted the family again. Meanwhile, police and the public continued to look for any evidence connected with the disappearance of Sheila and Catherine Lyon. Scuba divers had searched this pond next to a nursing home a few blocks from Wheaton Plaza. Sewer drains were checked. Police asked for permission to search crawl spaces in nearby homes. On a tip from a psychic, National Guardsmen and police combed miles of parkland in Montgomery County. Nothing was found. John and Mary, God bless them. They were out there for days and weeks with the search, still hoping, hoping against hope, because they knew whatever it was was not good. And as happens in all cases of missing children, Montgomery County Police investigated John and Mary Lyon. One of the things you want to do very quickly is to be able to rule out anything other than, unfortunately, foul play. Retired FBI profiler Clint Van Zandt. We have to look at the parents in every case like that to see if there's a parental involvement, if there's anyone else nearby. Police did quickly clear those who knew the Lyon sisters. The leads dried up rather quickly because I don't think anybody had a good sighting of these two young girls beyond Wheaton Plaza that afternoon. So as days turned into months, the only good lead was the description of tape recorder man. If you have a sketch, if you have a description of a suspect, obviously that's what you're going to run with. But that has to be balanced. You know, if you go back to the D.C. sniper, we know we had a description of this white van allegedly the uh, shooters were in. Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. I mean, every white van in this area had been stopped and the occupants proned out on I-95. And, of course, that turned out erroneous. But did Montgomery County Police have any more to look into? Catherine and Sheila Lyon had just disappeared. There was no physical evidence to recover at Wheaton Plaza. Police had talked to everyone who saw the girls that day. Nobody had come forward to identify tape recorder man. John and Mary Lyon and their other children still had no answers. All they knew was that Sheila and Kate had never come home. Searches turned up nothing. And while Montgomery County police vowed to find out what happened to the Lyon sisters, 
They admitted they were no further along in their investigation than the day the girls disappeared. But that was about to change. Next, on The Investigation Continues. There was a gent locked up, convicted of child sex crimes down in North Carolina. The Investigation Continues is an investigative podcast from WTOP. You can hear the entire five-part series at WTOP.com. Search podcasts. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Podcast One. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. I'm Neil Loganstein.